When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John drifted in an immense void. There was no way to control his movement, and no place he could have gone. He wondered if anyone even knew he was alive. Not long ago, he had been a traveler. In another time, he would have been called an astronaut. But in his time, such things were more common, and words like astronaut seemed unnecessary. He had been moving with his family to another part of the galaxy. They were being transported through space, moving thousands of light years to reach a new home on a distant planet. One morning, he had attended a briefing on safety drills, along with the rest of his family. These were held regularly on board the ship to ensure everyone was ready in case of a disaster. The first drill was always to get a protective suit on. An instructor had stood in front of his family, demonstrating how the pieces of the suit fit onto the body. All right, he said. Everyone just go through the motions, then check the person beside you. John began to put his own on and move more quickly than the rest. Seeing his son, Jim, a boy of five, struggling with the suit, he bent down to help. No, nope. The instructor rebuked. You do your own first, and then you help the others. You can't help much if you can't breathe. Nodding at the instructor, John moved away from his son and reached for his own mask. He snapped the last straps into place, and he woke up in space. He had no idea what had happened. The last thing he remembered was putting a suit on. He dimly recalled the loud noise on board, something like metal scraping, but he wasn't sure if he had simply imagined it afterward. There was no way for him to find out. He guessed there was an accident or perhaps something struck the vessel, and by some miracle, enough of his suit survived to keep him alive. However, he had no food, and he knew his oxygen would run out eventually. Really, it was nothing more than an accident that he had survived. If he had been a second slower, he wouldn't have been ready. By all reason, he should have been killed along with his family. Part of him wished he had been killed. While the thought of an instant sudden death was terrifying, it was better than the inevitable slow death in space. Here, he could only wait for a painful, lonely end, as the feeling of loss at his family's sudden passing filled his heart. Death on the ship would have at least been painless. He thought about simply ending it, smashing the mask on his suit with his hand and waiting for space to kill him. There was only a thin layer of glass that kept the vacuum of space and his suffering alive. However, he couldn't bring himself to do it though he knew it would be better than the slow wait for death. 
The idea of suicide seemed impossible for him to grasp. An impossible hope came back every time he thought about it, telling him something would happen to save him. This hope, whether a curse disguised as a blessing or a blessing disguised as a curse, kept him from death. At the same time, he knew his mask was made to withstand space, and he wasn't sure if he had the strength to break it. Instead, he remained alive as he floated aimlessly through the emptiness of space. He still hoped to run into another ship, or perhaps even a planet or a star where people lived. But there were none in sight. All he could see was a deep, eternal blackness. It wasn't too long before he noticed something had begun to change. The change was so subtle, he wasn't sure if it was even occurring. And even then, he had no way to comprehend it. He could not relate anything to it, or put it into words. The best he could say is that space itself had come alive. The darkness was moving. He knew this was not right that what he had imagined was impossible. Nothing in front of him could truly be alive, but something had begun to take shape. A portion of the darkness had become darker than the rest, blacker than black. It wasn't just that it was dark, it seemed to absorb the light around him. It made black seem light by comparison, and a void seem full. The blackness billowed out, moving and taking form, and it was coming toward him. This moving nothingness stretched further in each direction than John could see. In space, you could see almost any distance. The human eye could see a star that is thousands of light years away, and a galaxy even further. However, this thing, or this lack of anything appeared to cover all existence, leaving nothing visible and disappearing at the edges of the universe. It was too large for him to see or even to determine if it had a shape. However, in his struggle to understand what he knew, he never could. He began to see it as a massive, living being. Portions of the billowing darkness changed shape and color, forming gigantic eyes that glared at him. He saw arms reaching out of it, gigantic shapes that were coming to grasp him. It became a titanic, raving beast. In a way, it seemed soothing to make it something tangible and understandable, even a giant beast, rather than think of what it truly was. It was nothing, but less than nothing, an all-consuming nothing that was coming inevitably toward him. In his terror, he flailed his arms and legs. He struggled to get away from it, though he knew there was no way to move to get away from it. And he began to panic, and in his fright, his limbs became frozen in place. He remained still as he watched the mammoth being of darkness descend upon him. He was helpless as the eternal darkness that moved like a deadly but starving animal on the hunt, and he was its prey. But something else took his attention and filled him with awe. A light had appeared, it seemed close to him, only a few feet away. He knew it wasn't a star, 
as it was far too small and hadn't been there before. It held the rough size and shape of a man, and he felt comfortable staring at it. It was familiar in a way, and for that moment he forgot about the void. He struggled to move toward it, twisting his limbs as if he were swimming. It was a pointless attempt, but it felt soothing to think he had control over himself, and his actions could somehow move him toward the light and away from the dark beast. He stared into the light, and it began to change. Beams of light moved up and down its sides, leaving solid shapes behind them. The image took form as a tall, man-like creature. Man-like creature was how John would have chosen to describe it, but the only thing that distinguished it from a man was that it was in space without protection. From its appearance alone, it was a brown-haired, middle-aged man, well-dressed in a business suit and seemingly lounging in a non-existent chair. John stared at it with his mouth agape. For a moment, he forgot about the darkness and about being in space. Well, the creature said. What? John stuttered. Well, I presume you want something. You may as well ask for it, the creature replied, sounding bored. Though it seemed impossible for him to be speaking, the sound still filled John's ears whenever it moved its mouth. What are you? John almost shouted. What am I? Don't worry about what I am. Doesn't really matter, does it? You have a problem, and I think you want a solution. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that, the creature said impatiently and indicated the encroaching void. John looked back and forth between the infinite nothingness that was slowly coming toward him and the creature in a business suit directly in front of him. But what, what is that thing? John asked. That thing is nothing. It is the infinite oblivion that existed forever before you and will exist forever after. You, and all like you, are only here for the briefest amount of time, and then that thing will claim you, and you'll be forgotten in time and space. You not only will be dead, but you'll no longer exist, and cease to have ever existed. What is not now may as well never have been, and... To say you ever were in a meaningful way is almost an exaggeration. I know you don't want that, and there is a way out, which I can give you. John listened, trying to understand what he had heard. The beast was still coming toward him, and seemed far closer than it had before. At this rate, it would soon close in and take him. The words of the businessman resounded in his ears and horrified him. All of his life, everything he did, everyone he knew, all gone forever, as if it had never occurred. Simply nothing. It truly was a fate worse than death. You can save me from it, he said, pointing at the seemingly unstoppable void. I can. It is my trade, in fact, and my job. 
though I do it mainly out of boredom. This is why I appear as something you may understand as a businessman. But let me tell you, if you take too long, well, I frankly don't care enough not to leave you to your fate. No, please don't, John cried. What do I have to do? The creature smiled. Well, it's simple, isn't it? I want you to smash your mask. I want you to kill yourself. John gaped, unable to believe what he had heard. Had it really asked him to end his own life? What? Why would you want me to do that? He demanded. Think of it as a trust exercise. You prove you trust me enough to give your life to me. And I let you live forever. The businessman chuckled. <laughs> anyway, it'll amuse me. And I'm the one with the ability to save you. Do it. Or you could just sit here and rot while space consumes you. John pondered the options. The truth was... He didn't trust this creature. He had no idea what it was, and it demanded that he do something that could end his life simply for its amusement, while trusting the creature would save him. He thought back to all he had gone through before. The idea of suicide. It was still beyond him. I can't, John said almost in tears. The creature turned to go away, leaving John in the darkness. No, wait, John shouted. The creature faced him again, staring apathetically towards him. Though what it was asking was horrifying, he couldn't let it go while the beast was still coming toward him. He needed a bit of time while he thought, What are you? Are you God? The strange businessman laughed out loud. <laughs> God? <laughs> you think I'm your God? You really do think there's a god waiting for you at the end of all this? Do you? Really? Just smiling and ready with open arms. Do you really think anything like a god with power enough to create a universe would care about your tiny existence? Well, you prideful little creature, no god would ever want you. And there is none waiting. He convulsed with laughter. What? But I thought that was what you were. Wasn't that what you said? No, you idiotic, insignificant excuse for a creature. There's no God for you. You think a God that cared about you would let you exist in the same universe as that thing? He pointed at the beast. What a strange species. You fear the darkness so much that you create a thousand lies to avoid thinking about it. All your religions, all your ideals, your pathetic attempts at science, your arts, your delusions of glory and war and violence, all a feeble attempt to protect yourself from its truth. In the end, you just hasten your own way to the darkness thinking you can avoid it. You're a species so foolish that you think you deserve respite from the eternal darkness and so vain that you would send a thousand of your own into it rather than simply go yourself. In the end, it's all for nothing. All lies, it's all fake, and all you end up 
is in the same place as the ones you killed. Not that any of the other species are any better. The businessman laughed again and pointed at the beast. You want a god. That is your god. Nothingness is your god. Nothingness is infinite. Nothingness lasts forever and extends everywhere like your beliefs of a god. You came into it, a cosmic accident the cosmos forgot. From nothing you came, and into nothing you will return. I'm not your god. I'm simply a businessman. I can offer you respite from that thing and allow you to keep existing. That is all you need to know. John stared at him for a moment. The beast was closer now, so close it was almost touching. He tried to remain calm despite the panic inside him. So, you'll save me from it. How do I know it isn't a trick? I will, and I guess you don't, the businessman said, looking away from John and into space. Anyway, I'm almost out of time. I don't care at all if you trust me or not. Do you want me to do it or not? John stared back and forth from the beast to the businessman. The horror of the void was too much to handle, and slowly he nodded his head. Yes, he said. I do want you to. The creature grinned. Good. Then smash that mask. Don't worry, I'll make sure you have the strength. John paused for a moment. He still had no idea if the creature was being honest, but he knew he had no other option. He swung his hand at the glass and saw it crack slightly. He tried again. The cracks grew and he began to feel sick with fear. He knew that soon there would be nothing left keeping him from a thousand horrible deaths in space. The terror began to make him shake. He swung again. The glass shattered, sending shards driving into his eyes and skin. He screamed in pain, and the sound was silenced by the void. The air was sucked from his suit, and he felt his lungs collapse, making him suffocate. All heat left him, getting replaced by the absolute cold of space. The pain was excruciating, and if he could think, he would have wished for death. He knew he would be dead in seconds if nothing happened. He stared at the creature, hoping it would save him. It began to chuckle, then to laugh out loud. It was a cruel, horrible laugh, like someone who had succeeded in a terrible crime. It sent chills down John's spine. The funny thing about you humans, it said, is that all you seem to think your life is a good thing. John stared at it in shock. It began to transform, changing from something recognizable into something horrible. Dozens of tentacle-like limbs spurted out from its chest, twisting and turning with multiple joints and ending with bizarre human hands. His eyes grew and multiplied, appearing all over his body and matching the limbs in number while the rest of his face disappeared completely. What resulted was a writhing mass of sharp, jagged angles, formless and constantly changing shape as the limbs moved and the eyes peeked out at seemingly random intervals. 
The beast touched John, but nothing happened. It retreated back into space and slowly disappeared forever. Death never came, but nothing else changed either. The pain was still there. Every second seemed like a year, and he struggled an immense suffering that should have killed him. It would have killed him if he could die. John knew he had made some horrible mistake, but did not know what it meant. He tried to take back his words, but found that he couldn't move. Now you're changing your mind? The creature laughed. His voice came from all directions at once, filling John's ears and his head. You wanted to see eternity. And you will. John's mind was blank with terror. The horror at the thought of eternal existence in the void of space, with never any respite or hope, filled him. He wished now that the beast would come back, that the void would claim him, that he could finally die. But nothing came. The creature watched him struggle, laughing as it did. I must thank you. This really has been amusing, it said. Another light had come and began to rotate around it. I hope you enjoy your eternal existence, it said and left the same way it had come in. John continued to float through the eternal void. He didn't fully understand what had happened and doubted that he ever would. Perhaps he encountered some kind of demon or devil if there was one, or perhaps it was just some kind of prank played by a more powerful species. He had no way of knowing, and guessed that it really didn't matter. The pain continued and never changed. He wished he could die, as death would be better than even a moment of it. But he knew he never would. He simply remained. He remained as anyone who ever knew his name passed away. He remained as the last remnants of humanity vanished. He remained as all the living things in the universe died out, never to return. He remained as the stars shrank and turned cold, and all the energy in existence was used up forever. He remained until the only thing left in the universe was his silent, eternal scream. <laughs>